The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Carlisle, and it's Monday morning, which means we are releasing another episode in interview form. And this week, I am speaking with two amazing guests, Julian and Kirsten Saunders of the wildly popular financial blog, Rich and Regular. And they're actually local to Atlanta, too, so it was really fun to connect with them and speak to them, um, you know, just kind of get that local vibe going. Um, But they're amazing because they are a couple who went from over $200,000 in debt to basically FIRE status. And FIRE means financial independence, retire early. Now, these two are definitely not retiring early anytime soon. They are coming out with so much great content on their Instagram and their blog. I mean, I'm just amazed by, you know, the power of their blog and who they're reaching and who they're inspiring. And that's really kind of what we get into is what is their mission? What is their purpose? And as Julian says, he really wants to inspire the regular person, the person who's, you know, middle class, just trying to get through and say, hey, achieving fire actually is possible. You know, there is a way you don't have to be a celebrity or an athlete or a rapper or whatever to reach that status. There are little things you can do every single day uh, to get where you want to be financially and to have those tough conversations, which we all know are so hard, but money is central to everything in our lives. I mean, let's get real. It does equate to freedom. Um, so I'm really glad to bring their, their work to the forefront, their viewpoints to the forefront, and I hope that you get a ton out of this episode. And of course, if you do, please take five seconds to leave us a review on iTunes, um, share this episode out there on Instagram, on your stories, and we'll just keep this conversation on money and investments and happiness going. Enjoy. This episode is brought to you by Motherhood Unstressed CBD. This is the organic USA-grown CBD line that I created with the intention of helping you, the listener, battle stress, anxiety, get better sleep, feel better, be your best self each and every day. You can purchase yours at motherhoodunstressed.com or at stores around the country. Well, hello, Julian and Kirsten. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. I love having another Atlanta-based um, guest on, and especially to talk about something as important as financial independence. So welcome to the show. Thank you. We're so happy to be here. Yeah. So diving right in, um, most people don't even really know what financial independence retire early means. They've never really heard those terms, especially when I mean, we've had some guests on this podcast, but it's still relatively new, I feel like in our culture. So talk to us about your decision to go towards FI, um, and why that was so important for you as a couple. Yeah. So, um, usually when you're talking to couples that are pursuing FI, there's like the one person who was a hundred percent sure. And then like the other person, they kind of dragged along and got it eventually. Julian was the one that was a hundred percent sure I was kind of dragged along, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it's been great so far. Um, I guess to start with financial independence, there's a lot of ways that you can define it, but mathematically, it's the point where you can live off of the income from your assets, whether that's stocks or real estate or any other investment. 
that the returns from that investment cover your expenses annually. And so for us, um, what started as a debt repayment, a debt payoff journey, I had a ton of consumer debt and then Julian had some student loans and a mortgage. What started as a debt repayment journey ended in FI because we were done with the debt. (laughs) We had followed um, the baby steps and some of the more traditional debt repayoff, and we still didn't know what to do. And when I found FIRE, when Julian introduced FIRE to me, it just became really obvious that like, yeah, if I can save enough money to not have to work, not saying that I'm not going to, but if I didn't have to, that's something that's intriguing to me. Especially since, you know, at the time we we didn't have a son, but now that we do and he's two years old, I can definitely see a world where, you know, I don't want to have to choose between going to work and and hanging out with him. Absolutely. Yeah. So when he first brought up, you know, just paying off the debt, was that something you were like, well, I'm working on it. Yeah, I'm doing it. Um, Or was it like, okay, yes, I'm immediately on board? Because I feel like that's something that so many people in America struggle with. I mean, we've all got student loan debt and obviously consumer debt is a huge piece of the puzzle. So take us through that actual process of, of getting on board with, let's just get rid of this debt as soon as possible. I was one of the Americans on the struggle bus. (laughs) I had no, (laughs) I had no intention of paying off my debt until Julian, uh, forced Mm. it. (laughs) Um, it started, we, we started dating and we went on a vacation very early in our relationship, like three or four months in. And I put my part on my credit card. Like I did everything else in life at the time. And so when we got back, Mm -hmm. when Julian realized that I had this problem with spending, I had put the whole thing on a credit card, we had made all these decisions and like, I had no way of paying for it. He was pretty angry. And he said that if he had known that I'd had credit card debt and the spending issue, he would have never dated me. And so, yeah, (laughs) big words. Um, (laughs) That was kind of our first like entry into a conversation about money. Um, and that's what got me started because obviously I was curious as to someone who would make such a bold stance after, you know, connecting with somebody like, what is the deal? What's the problem with debt? I just thought it was a normal thing. Um, so that, that's how I kind of started. Julian has always been pretty financially responsible, I guess. I mean, I've had my day. (laughs) Well, take us through that. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested on your side now because you are an anomaly in this, in well, this country. I've, I've, I, I grew up in poverty, uh, and so, you know, it's, it's hard to uh, – I've never really, until recent years, even been able to wrap my head around this idea of ever being rich or, or anything like that. You know, I didn't know what financial independence was until about 10 years ago. Um, but but I want to go back to her story because – you know, we laugh every time she tells it. And, and I don't want to excuse what I said. I mean, what I said was was inappropriate. Um, but but I did mean it in, in full transparency. <laughs> I meant every single <laughs> syllable um, because at the time, you know, what I was going through, you know, I'd actually just come out of a relationship. And one of the reasons why that relationship ended uh, was because we just were not on the same page in terms of money. And, and I knew, you know, who I was becoming and what I was committed to. And and we always say it's really difficult to get on the same page when you have one person who is going to be spending, you know, like money grows on trees and another person who is trying to think of the long term. That's that's just a recipe for conflict. And and we I didn't mm. have any examples of people that had worked through that conflict. 
uh, I just did not believe that that's something that could work. Now, I, I think some people could get through that, but I just didn't know that I could. And so I, I hate what I said, um, but I do think uh, to Kirsten's point that it forced a conversation about money uh, and the role that it plays in healthy relationships very early on for us. Um, as opposed to, let's say, waiting until we got married and then kind of figuring out some of these things, you know, after you're in it for a couple of years. So it sparked the conversation. It was a fiery uh, start. But it, it, I think it ended. I think it ended pretty well for us. Well, clearly, I mean, you guys have developed an amazing brand um, called Rich and Regular. Your Instagram following is so engaged and, and your blog is so interesting. I was on there this morning in preparation for this interview and just the topics that you touch on, I feel like speak to so many people, but specifically really that, that hardworking kind of like middle-class, even like below that, you know, group. So why, why is speaking to that so important to you guys? Uh, I think it's different for both of us. Uh, but to me, it's important because that's where I came from. And, and those are my friends and those are my family. Um, those people are my family. And so um, I, I also think specifically in this is not an issue that's isolated to the black community, but we, we don't talk about money. You know, we all experience it. We all know that it impacts just about every aspect of our lives, but people don't talk about money. And so whenever I would be on a work function or just, just you know, out hanging out with some old friends, we would talk about all of these frustrations um, and money was a common link in every single person's gripe, but we never spoke about money. And so it, I just found that to be odd. Uh, and so, and I knew that if I just jumped out and started breaking taboos, that it would just rub people the wrong way. And so we figured we would mm. come up with some more creative ways to force the conversation or basically to talk about money without talking about money. Uh, and so the money lesson or the money story is really buried into a lot of what we produce, but everything that we write about is essentially rooted in money. And so uh, it's been a bit of a winning formula for us. Um, and it's also just a, a creative outlet uh, as well. And, it, you know, we get notes from people that say, you know, I had a conversation with my partner the other day, or you guys really helped us get over this hump, or, you know, I tackled a difficult conversation with my mom, you know, that I've been wanting to have for years because I sent her an article. And so it's been it's been really helpful um, or, or really great to see and, and really touching, um, you know, as, as, as the blog has grown over the last couple of years. Yeah. So what would you say is the biggest mission of the blog? Is it to educate? Is it to inspire? I mean, what really gets you up every single morning um, and it motivates you to hit the keyboard when you're just feeling like I've probably said uh, everything. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is to, help change the perception of black wealth. Uh, and so if you think about, you know, wealth and black people, they're very limited uh, visions or visuals uh, that come to mind. You're either thinking of athletes or entertainers or wildly successful people, like these extreme characters. But there aren't many images of just regular people that you might walk past in publics and not necessarily know uh, that, yeah, that person's a multimillionaire. Um, I do think that white people have way more examples of that, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm simply saying we want to help challenge that and uh, offer people 
mm-hmm. an alternative because we do understand the power of symbolism. And when people see regular people that look like them, cuss like them, <laughs> have a baby <laughs> like them, struggle with the same things, mm-hmm. maybe even drive the same car, it's a lot easier for them to say, hey, I can be that. It's, it's, it's easy to say, yeah, no, you can't be LeBron James. Right, like you cannot be Oprah Winfrey. It's very right. easy to say that because those people are extreme. But that's essentially where that's where the examples for for our community stops. And so we wanted to make sure that we reminded people that no, you don't have to look a certain way, dress a certain way, drive a certain car. You can be a regular person, uh, pick up three shirts for ten dollars at Old Navy, and still be uh, a a millionaire uh, today. That that sort of American dream is still possible. I love that. I love that you just said that because so many people, I think you're right. Like they, you don't see those examples out there, like in social media and on TV as it, you just don't, you just don't. And so to have that example and you guys pushing that, I think is fabulous. I mean, I, it reminds me of, you know, a statistic I heard, you know, um, African-American males, when they have a male teacher, like they're 90% more likely to graduate and go to college just from having that example. So I think that that's really powerful. Have you received any kind of like pushback from your own community talking about this or, you know, do they say like, Oh, this is too white. We we do get that. that. And, And our response is generally the same. Like there's a lot of reasons why people wouldn't pursue fire. The the presence or the majority of people who are vocal about it being white shouldn't be one of them. (laughs) Like there's, there's plenty of good reasons Mm -hmm. that, you know, this might not be right. This lifestyle might not be right for you, but we, we tend to look at it kind of similar to how people looked at vegans a couple of years ago, where when someone said my diet is majority Mm plant-based and, you know, no, no animal products, people will be like, well, how do you get your protein? And it's like, now that feels like a silly question because Mm -hmm. society as a whole is more educated around health and wellness and nutrition. Some of the questions that we get around fire will eventually feel silly because it's, it's, it's one of those things that once you're in it, you realize how accessible it can be. I think one of the challenges that the community as a whole needs to overcome, and one of the things that we try to do on our blog, as Julian mentioned, is we, the community as a whole is so focused on saving and cutting expenses and all the ways that you can live a really, really frugal life. And where a lot of people who are already making pretty mm-hmm. good money and have solid values and are just regular people, what they need is more advice on how to spend their money how to make sure that their budgets are aligned to their values and how to make sure that they're investing in ways that actually make them, you know, returns. And so that's what we look to solve for by just talking about our everyday decisions from, you know, whether or not we have a birthday party to how we pick our health insurance to how we, I don't know, what is the daycare? Daycare. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, because I think that brings up a really good point. So what about the people who, you know, you really speak to who, you know, feel like they don't have a dime to spare to invest or, you know, take their kids to a decent daycare or things like that. Like, how do you kind well, of navigate of that? Right? And that's the other thing, you know, we're not suggesting that fire or pursuing this lifestyle is within reach for everyone. You can sort of come to the buffet and pick and choose what elements of this lifestyle that you want to pick. And, and it will still get you further along than the average American today. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully you can get to a point where you can fully adopt it and 
you know, lean all the way into the lifestyle and hopefully get the same results uh, that we have over the last couple of years. But uh, to your point, there, there are some people that don't have a dollar to spare. Um, and, and to those people, you know, again, it's a hypothetical person. You know, I, I don't know what I'd say to that person other than, you know, yeah. you've got some big decisions to make because I do think that there are some people that choose uh, certain careers uh, or certain lifestyles over their well-being per se uh, long term. And, and that can be problematic. And so um, th- there comes a time sometimes where there's no saying where you got to do what you got to do before you can do what you want to do. Uh, and, and I think we, we tend to remind people of that old saying every now and then. I love that. I love that. And I think that that's really smart, you know, because even for me, like I am definitely not FI right now. Um, but putting into place some of the things that you guys suggest, um, and, and making decisions based on your actual values and not just whims and, you know, trying to keep up with so-and-so. Um, I think that that's, that's really helpful and that's really practical. Um, what are some great tips that you have for someone who's like, I've got two kids in daycare, you know, which is insanely expensive as we all know nowadays. Um, what are some things that they can do to save and make better decisions oh, when it man. comes to having kids? Daycare is just <laughs> the, the bane of my budget. Um, but it's so important, right? Like you, you, you got to put them somewhere. One of the things that we did um, earlier on was we made sure to make um, our son's food. So the food cost for kids with all the packaging and the, the marketing is just astronomically expensive. <laughs> and a quick search on Amazon will allow you to find pouches and containers where you can make their food in bulk. So instead of buying like the applesauce packs that are, you know, $4 for six of them, you can just buy a jar and transfer it into like empty pouches. The other thing around making food is obviously you can buy food in bulk and you can use leftovers from your meal plan to, to, to feed your child instead of finding, you know, things that you don't know the ingredients of, things that aren't nutritional, things that leave them even hungrier or more kind of hyped up on sugar than, (laughs) than you'd like them to be. Um, It just was, it's one of those things that didn't increase the cost as much as we thought it was because we started from the very beginning with not buying prepackaged foods for him. Genius, genius. And I think that that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like the best thing you can do for health, like from a health perspective is not buying all of that processed junk that, and especially if they're saying how healthy the product is, like that's when you know, like this is really not healthy. (laughs) And so we all know that food and groceries is one of the biggest expenses that you have. And so when people are looking to control their expenses, one of the very, and they think about food and groceries and cooking at home, their minds immediately go to like the lowest cost, least expensive, and unfortunately, uh, unhealthy things possible. And so it seems, you know, we see a lot of that on the internet where it's like, I eat this uh, because it's only 25 cents or 30 cents or something like that. And, and we know long-term, that's not really the uh, right approach to take. And so the reason we wrote that book uh, is because I actually do have a professional background in culinary arts. I used to be a chef in a past life. And I know that cooking at home is one of the best ways that you can, one, take greater control over what you eat uh, and your nutrition. And two, one of the best ways that you can save money month to month. You can activate it as often and or as frequently as you want. And so 
but a lot of people don't know how to cook, <laughs> and, right? And so it's like, well, where do you learn? Um, sure, you could watch the Cooking Channel right. and the Food Network, but what I've learned is that, you know, they're teaching you recipes. They aren't necessarily teaching you how to cook. Uh, and so even if people get like meal plans or something like that, um, they oftentimes don't get the the results that they're looking for, and then they blame whoever the chef is that wrote that recipe. (laughs) Right. When when sometimes it it, it could be that, you know, you just, your technique was a little (laughs) off or, you know, you didn't do this one particular thing correctly. And maybe they didn't elaborate on that because they assumed that that certain technique was a given. Uh, And so all that to say, the book really breaks down the fundamentals of how to cook at home. So if you don't cook at home and you don't know where to start, we wanted to say, well, start here. And so this is what you get. This is how you organize your kitchen. This is, these are some of the tools that you need. This is what you don't need because it's just a fancy gadget that you can do uh, using this other thing. Um, And these are the core (laughs) cooking skills that you can uh, master that are going to widen the number of possibilities that you have. And so um, it's been great so far. It's been really well received. Um, And so even the people who know how to cook, uh, it's it's helped them to step their game up a little bit, but especially for the people who just struggle uh, in the kitchen, we found that um, based on the feedback that we got, that it really helps give them a starting point and encourages them to eat better, even though uh, the budget is tight. I love that. And, and, and kind of going back to the people that we were speaking about before, like, you know, you might not have an extra dollar to invest, but if you can save $200 oh, yeah. on food a month, like you can invest that, like you, all these little hacks that you can do and you're getting healthier in the process. I think that that's genius. And that's, you know, for cooking, cooking is intimidating to me too. I'm not going to lie. My husband does most of the cooking. Um, but to have a resource like this to where you can kind of ease into it. Right. I had the, the, the privilege of actually going to culinary school, even though I paid a yeah. pretty penny for it. Um, but it's really not a skill that a lot of people are taught these days. And so uh, we know that that's a bit of a hindrance to keeping people on the uh, on, on a tight budget. And so we wanted to at least provide a solution that can help people that are in that situation. Absolutely. So we've kind of covered a lot today. Parenting, culture, obviously FI. If there were one key takeaway that you would want our listeners to walk Ooh, that's away That's a good with. one. What would that be? Um, I'll probably combine all the things that we've talked about and um, sum it up as community. So one of the other tips that we've, that we've realized in this journey is that the bigger your community, the more valuable your community, the easier concepts like FIR. So with our son, we have a, I'm in a community of mothers and families and parents who are happy to pass on previously loved items. If one person's going to the beach, we don't all have to own a travel stroller. We can just borrow the one from our neighbor down the street. Um, same with toys. Mm-hmm. It just It's going back to that idea of community and that everybody doesn't have to own one of everything. You can just, you know, the kids can come together and, and learn to share. And the same is true with financial journeys and and um, all the other life's pursuits, it just becomes so much easier when you have that safety net of, of community. I would actually, I don't have a different thing. <laughs> she stole my thing. <laughs> but I, I'll elaborate on that. Anytime you take a big life change, whether it's I'm going to 
you know, be very deliberate about uh, my health and nutrition, or I'm going to try to get back in shape, or I'm going to eliminate debt as fast as possible and adopt this new lifestyle, you're going to isolate yourself to a degree. And so this is why community is so important because unfortunately losing some people that may be a part of your life today is an, is it can be a natural byproduct of you grabbing uh, the bull by the horns and, and reshaping your life. And so you need people who understand uh, where you are at that moment in your life. And, and I completely agree with her community is the uh, secret sauce, if you will, uh, that really helps these sort of big life changes to stick. And so if you're, you know, you want to save on money, uh, well, I'll give you an example going right back to food. You know, you may say, well, I don't want to buy these things in bulk because I'm not going to use it. Well, maybe your neighbor <laughs> will go half with it. Right. And so you guys can mm-hmm. do that together uh, and start sharing some of these resources. And then you just spend maybe an hour a week dividing it all up. So you have everything that you need. It's still a win win. Um, and in the process, you build a, re- a better relationship with someone um, who's in the same boat. So community, community, community. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And that, I think that's something that we're all craving. We're all, you know, in this day and age, we're so connected on social media, but really so many people feel like they're not seen and they're not heard and they don't even have a friend in the world. Like I hear it again and again from women listeners and everyone on my Instagram. So you're right. I think that that's, it's just a crucial element that we need to bring back Thank um, you. in this day and age, but it seems like you guys have really found it. Okay. So I do always end with some rapid fire questions if you're ready. All right, let's do it. She's terrible. I am terrible. I freeze every time there's a rapid fire. (laughs) It doesn't matter how prepared I am. I'm like, ugh. (laughs) No, these are good. These are good. Okay. Financial independence is? Freedom. Freedom. (laughs) Yeah. See, that was easy. Um, The world needs? More love. Good food. Mm. And I'm grateful for wine. Time. (laughs) Owning my time. Yeah. Yeah. And last one. What's something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier on? That my money can work harder than me. That I can create income. I don't have to rely on someone giving it to me. That's powerful. Those are both really powerful. And hopefully someone listening to this right now has just been inspired. So if they want to find out more about you guys, where can they find you? How can they contact you online? Yeah. Our website is richandregular.com. And then we're also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at Rich and Regular. I love it. And I've noticed that you guys have been doing a lot more speaking engagements. So is that something that you're going towards? Yeah, we we have found that our message translates really well in person when people can ask real questions that, you know, may not be easy to type. And so we've been um, we've been asked to speak at, ironically, a lot of like corporate offices want us to come in and talk with like their HR teams around employee benefits. Um, we're about to partner with the university to talk with students about financial independence and then yeah just general conferences which has been it's been it's been fun like that's kind of the best part is like the live q a i love it yeah i mean because that's really where like these 
great questions come to people and then you can just answer it on the spot. And like, that's so empowering to them. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for sharing your light and being an inspiration to so many people in the world who need more examples like you guys, including me. Oh, thanks. Uh, Thank you, Liz. You have been listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if this is your first time here, welcome. I'm so glad that you found the show. Um, If you would be so kind, take five seconds and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That's what notifies other people about the show and gets conversations like this out to more and more people. And I do truly believe in my heart that we are changing lives on this show and uplifting others. And that is everything. That is my purpose for being on this earth. So by you sharing and leaving a review, sharing on your Instagram, you are a part of that mission and that purpose. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Till next time.